0: Week three is officially upon us, but before we get started, I just wanted to take the opportunity to congratulate our new Canadian Prime Minister, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. What's that? Oh, we just just re-elected the last guy? Well, that's good too. Good for him. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week three of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season. And you know what? I'm going to call week two a win. Uh, 10 and 6 straight up got us back to where we expect to be around these parts straight up, hitting those double digit weeks. Still a couple games under 500, but we're trying to recover from a 5 and 11 start, so it's no surprise. 10 and 6, moving in the right direction. Still only treading water against the spread, as you can see. 7 8 and 1 last week, a couple games under 500 on the season. We did however turn things around on the over/unders. 10 and 6 last week, double digits on the totals. We like that. Turn things around. Now a couple games over 500 on the season. And basically price of admission here is going 4 and 0 straight up on the top picks, which is what happened in week 2. Tampa wins, the Patriots win, Cleveland wins, Green Bay pounds Detroit certainly in the second half of that game last night. Four and zero straight up. Look, three and one against the spread in the top picks. And when you're looking at a top picks list that is both six and two, sorry, seven and one straight up, and now six and two against the spread. Off to a strong start this year against the spread. Certainly in those top picks. Only one we missed was Atlanta not being able to hold on plus twelve and a half. And hey, we also pulled three and one on the totals in the top picks in week two. So look. 4-0, 3-1, 3-1, and a really strong week on those top picks. You take a look at the pools, we've moved up a little bit in the pool, certainly still staying within that top quarter of competitors in the Half Moons pick against the spread pool. There's cash dollars, dollar dollar bills, y'all, on the line in that pool. So we're staying within the top quarter there, staying within sight of the overall leaders. In Week 2, we're looking at Uncle BBQ Barry, who wins Week 2 in the Bridgewater's Finest straight-up pool with a 13-3 and three week, just an excellent week pick in the game straight-up, 122 of 136 confidence points, that's 89.7%, they had a massive week. In the Half Moons pool, uh, Week 2, Benedict Darnold, which is just a great name, that's a fantastic name. I'm assuming it's a Jets fan. 9-6-1 against the spread. Strong showing. Well over 70%, which I kind of look at as a confidence points threshold on the season. So, a strong performance there from Benedict Darnold. In the ante and co-pool, we're still pretty close to the bottom of the pack. 20th out of 22, but have a couple more of those double-digit weeks and that will turn around. Three teams going 12-4. and four picking the games straight up last week green bay was also my pick in my survival pool the anti and co survival pool in week two so i am two and oh in the survival pool there is one team that is gone already so 18 of 19 left and we do have two teams that already have one strike this is a two strike survival pool so far we got a clean slate taking the rams and the packers In terms of the overalls, Uncle BBQ Barry with that strong performance as we mentioned in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool in Week 2 has taken over the overall lead in that pool as well, 24-8, and 79% on the confidence points so far this year. That is a tremendous pace to set through the first two weeks. One guy, one beer has taken over the lead in the Half Moon's picks against the spread pool. 18, 13, and one against the spread. A solid start to the season for them. 171 confidence points. It's a little over 60%. That might be the margin in that pool where it is against the spread. So that's a strong performance through two weeks as well. And Angela leading the way in the anti and co-pick'em pool, 21 straight up correct picks so far on the season, a clip of over 65%. So we're shouting out Uncle BBQ Barry, Benedict Darnold, and the three teams who went 12-4 and for winning week two. And Uncle BBQ Barry, One Guy, One Beer, and Angela for setting the pace in the pick'em pools. We're continuing the slow start of things on the fantasy football side and this is i think inarguably the slowest i have ever started a season in terms of fantasy football of course we're taking a peek here into fantasy corner which is presented by the dynasty trade calculator take a peek in the description of this video or the audio file wherever you get the podcast and you're going to find my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. For as little as $3, you can gain access to one of, if not the single best resource online for long-term Keeper and Dynasty Fantasy football, does not matter the alignment of your league, does not matter how many teams are in it, you can have two quarterbacks, you can have super flex, premiums on the tight ends, running back points per carry, it can be a devi league, startup trades, it doesn't matter, trade evaluations, player rankings, podcasts, the whole shebangabang is on the Dynasty Trade Calculator, click my affiliate link and you can get access to this incredible tool. Only two and four in week two in fantasy. So we're off to, like I say, a really slow start. I believe my teams are combined three and nine so far on the season. Took a step back in best ball as well. My one team is still in third place overall in best ball. My other team has fallen all the way down to 10th. So certainly have some work to do. One of my two wins in fantasy last week happily came in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League where I picked up a very narrow victory over Beetle Bailey, my friend Keith. That's a one and one record for me so far on the year, and it was literally like within a touchdown. As a matter of fact, like he had Aaron Rodgers left. I had Devontae Adams. And late in that game, Aaron Rodgers threw deep to uh, MVS. And I almost had a little mini heart attack because I'm like, if this goes for a touchdown, I'm going to lose this matchup. That's how close the margin was in that matchup against Keith. But I do hold on for the win to even my record at 1-1. One and one. I dropped my second straight game in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. I lost that game to Half Moon's Picks, who is, of course, running the ATS pool this year. I'm at 0-2. I got week three matchups coming up against Fresh Prince of Hilaire, which is an excellent team name as well, and Threat Level Midnight. It's a projected win against Hilaire, a projected loss against Threat Level Midnight. So again, I'm trying really hard to avoid 0-3 in the Progs League. I struggled in this league last year. I'm off to a bad start again this year. Plenty of work to do, but let's see what happens in week three. And of course, I'll take this opportunity to remind you, as I always do, that if you go to the description of this video on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week three in the NFL. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, the Half Moon's picks against the spread, and the Anti and Co Pick'em pools. It is never too late. Get yourself shouted out on this show if you win a week or take the overall lead. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at nerd Teas. folks it was an early start to the day as my smoke alarm went off due to heavy humidity coming from my bathroom so it was an early and unpleasant start to my morning but you know what makes that unpleasant start just a little bit nicer nerd tees folks nerdtees.ca Promo code is BWFINEST, and with that promo code, you already know, but I'm going to tell you one more time, you're going to save 15% at checkout. That's a great deal. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks. For my Canadians, that's a great deal. You're also going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. So for my many American listeners, that's a great deal as well. Today's blend is strawberry power-up, and folks, trust me, I will need some powering up to get through the day that I've got ahead of me, but Nerd NerdTease has got my back, and I appreciate them for it. NerdTease.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save your money, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on NerdTease.ca. So we're diving in this week with a couple of things in mind. Of course, the rule of four in full effect. It's 2-0 and so far on the season. Made me sweat it a little bit last week, but it's still 2-0. and uh, The teams coming off back-to-back road games last week went 3-1 and straight up and swept the table against the spread. So maybe I have to reconsider what I think about the teams on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Favorites are covering at an abysmal 34.4% so far this season, only 11 and 21. More games have hit under than have hit over. All of these things that we take into account as we look at the week three picks. And we're going to get started in Houston with the Texans taking on the Carolina Panthers. Houston dealing with yet another quarterback situation. Of course, if I ventured to guess, they would rather deal with a quarterback injury than deal with, of course, all the garbage that's going on with Deshaun Watson, but they are dealing with another quarterback injury. Tyrod Taylor goes down to a hamstring injury in week two. He could miss up to four weeks of action here for the Texans. They have already come out, have the Texans, and said, Deshaun's not playing, so... For those keeping their hopes up, they have Deshaun Watson stashed on their bench in fantasy. He's not going to play, at least not yet. That's right. In the absence of Tyrod Taylor, it looks like this is Davis Mills' team moving forward, a third round pick from the 2021 draft. And uh, look, he came in and played, I think, fairly well, of course, in unexpected action. And he's walking in, obviously, to a situation that is being heavily scrutinized, that being anything having to do with quarterbacks and the Houston Texans. So I, I commend this young guy for coming in here and stepping into this situation. It's also going to be tough against the Carolina Panthers team that is playing very well to begin the season. I'm going to commend Houston for putting up about 29 points a game through their first two weeks. They've had two solid offensive outings. That being said, I certainly have questions about their defense, and I have no questions about the defense of the Carolina Panthers. 11 points per game is all they're giving up. They've given up 21 points total through two games. This Panthers defense has been electric, almost as electric, of course, as their augmented reality Panther. I'll commend Houston as well because they're being pretty careful with the football in terms of turnovers versus turnovers generated, but I I just think this is Carolina's game. I think they're clearly the better football team between the two. I'm going to take the Panthers here on the road in Houston. It's certainly not an upset. We're going to take the Panthers to beat the Texans. Carolina's laying seven and a half points as a road favorite. That's a lot of points for me and I just kind of have in the philosophy here again where favorites are not hitting like there's been almost no money to be made betting favorites so far in the NFL. So until I see that turn around for sure until I know that that trend has turned around it's taking more for me to lay points I'm not going to lay seven and a half points on Carolina in this spot, even though I think they are clearly the better football team. I like them to win, but I'm hedging my bets here, and I'm taking the seven and a half points with the home dogs, the Houston Texans. Total in the game set at 44 points. These two teams have split over under so far this year. That's just such a middling number. I think I got to go over on that just because it's so, there's so many point combinations that go over 44 points. Let's play the math and go over 44 points in Carolina Houston. Let's go Panthers 27, Texans 20. Let's go to Cleveland now, Browns and Bears, Cleveland and Chicago, both of these teams coming into this game with injury concerns, and it's both on the offensive side. For Cleveland, it's wide receiver Jarvis Landry, and this is a big loss considering the injury issues and potential slowing or inconsistency of Odell Beckham. They lose Jarvis Landry, he sprained his MCL, He's considered week to week. I would be shocked if we see him much before week five. I don't necessarily think they will need Jarvis Landry as much as maybe they normally would in a spot like this. And especially when you consider... On the Chicago side, Andy Dalton. He goes down to a knee injury. They originally feared that he had torn his ACL because it was non-contact. Turns out he's just got a bone bruise in his knee, but chances are he is likely out. I know Matt Nagy came out and said, well, if he's healthy, he's our quarterback. I don't think he's healthy. I think this is going to be Justin Fields, and it's going to be real interesting. Bears fans may not watch a game as closely. This season, as they watch this one, because Cleveland's defense has not had the turnaround that I think most people, myself included, had expected them to have. This could be a get right spot for that defense against a rookie quarterback, or they might get exposed a little bit. Like, I didn't think I'd be sitting here after the first two weeks and saying Cleveland's given up 33 points and 21 points in their first two games I would have expected their defense to play better than that now the offense has been humming 30 points a game so there's no problem really with the offense unless of course they start getting riddled with injuries This feels like a spot for the Browns here, especially where they're playing at home, where both teams are dealing with injuries. I think this is going to be a tight defensive matchup. And granted, yes, Chicago did win last week, and they won on the back of a defensive touchdown. But this isn't the Cincinnati Bengals that they're playing. It's a different animal, certainly on the offensive side. So I'm going to take Cleveland here. Let's take the Browns at home to beat Chicago. On the line, here's another one where the Browns are laying seven and a half points. And I just don't think the game is that separate. So it's it's tough for me to lay seven and a half points on the Cleveland Browns right now with a defense that's not quite performing up to my expectations. So I'm taking the points here again. I'm gonna take the seven and a half on the Chicago Bears. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. And I think with the offensive injuries on both sides here, I think I'm gonna stick under... So we're going to go under 46.5 points in Cleveland, Chicago. Let's go Browns 20, Bears 14. Let's go to Detroit now where the Lions are going to play host to a Baltimore Ravens team who, look, they answered the critics kind of like me because I thought Kansas City was going to blow them out of the water and they came back on that Chiefs team Kansas City might be in some trouble here, but Baltimore impressed me. Lamar Jackson impressed me. He got it done however he had to get it done. He gets to play a Detroit team that is now coming in off the short week, of course, having played last night against Green Bay, a team effort that was impressive for the first half, and uh, they kind of had me in the first half, not going to lie, but then they came out for the second half and laid an absolute turd in the third quarter being outscored 15 to nothing from which they could not recover is this detroit lions team all that different from lions teams we've seen in the past this is a matchup of two of the worst defenses in football through the first couple of weeks baltimore giving up 34 points a game literally 33 and 35 in their two outings detroit giving up 35 and 41 both of these offenses have scored so far in the first couple of weeks at a decent clip, but Baltimore's averaging 32 points a game in their two matchups. I'm going to defer to the better offense here. Yes, the game is in Detroit, but I'm going to defer to that better offense. Let's take the Ravens on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. And hey, third straight game here where the spread is too high. The Lions are getting nine and a half points where the ravens are a glass cannon right now this screams to me backdoor cover i'm taking the nine and a half points on the lions i don't think they win the game outright obviously but i think it stays closer than 10 points so let's go detroit plus the nine and a half total in the game set at 50. neither one of these teams can play defense let's go over on it and not give it too much extra thought over 50 points in baltimore detroit let's go ravens 35 and let's go detroit uh let's go 30 let's go 35 30 also word from the wise or at least from the wise guy keep an eye on Quintes cephas Let's go to Tennessee now. Titans are going to play host to the Indianapolis Colts in a division matchup. Tennessee being a little sloppy with the football. They did come back and win that game last week against Seattle. I did not expect them to win that game. Big comeback and a big win. Again, I knew five and a half points was too much in that game, so I'm very glad that I took the points. But again, I don't like what I'm seeing with Tennessee in terms of protecting the football. They've given it up significantly more than they have generated turnovers. I have obviously big questions about that defense and I look on the Colts' sidelines and I've got questions about them too. Most notably, who's going to be under center? Stop me if you've heard this one before. Carson Wentz has an injury. Uh, He has an injury. Only Carson Wentz would sprain both ankles in the same game. That's just a very Carson Wentz injury to have. So he has sprains in both of his ankles. His status is uncertain heading into this game. I believe Jacob Eason came in in relief in the last game. I think he looked all right. So you got to question the offensive capability of the Indianapolis Colts. Indy and Tennessee are two very similar football teams right now as far as I'm concerned. Indy, yes, they're scoring less. Only 20 points a game through their first two games. Tennessee at least is scoring 23 after really laying an egg in the first week, only scoring 13 points. Defensively, you got to give the edge still to the Colts. They're giving up 28 points a game. Tennessee's giving up 34. So, that I think is going to be just enough for the Indianapolis Colts to get this done despite the injury. I'm leaning on the team with the slightly better defense, and I'm leaning against the team that is being sloppy with the football. Let's take the Colts here in a division matchup on the road in Tennessee with Jacob Eason. To beat the titans part of this is inspired by tennessee's laying five points at home and i tweeted this earlier i think i was talking about tennessee and seattle like both of these teams are glass cannons so don't lay more than a couple of points and when you're asking me to lay five that's definitely not happening so this is a hedge one way or the other but i might as well take the colts to win this game outright because again don't like what tennessee's doing with the football we're going to take the colts to win outright and I'm happy then to take the five points. Total in the game set at 48. (sighs) This is actually legitimately tough for me because it is a 40. It's a relatively high 40. This is right around the average scoring of NFL games so far through the first two weeks. It's like exactly 48 points. I think I'm going to lean over on it just because I don't really trust either of these defenses to get the stop that they need. So let's lean over on it just by a couple of points over 48 in Indianapolis, Tennessee. Let's go Colts 27, Titans 23. Let's go to Kansas City now. Chiefs and Chargers, another division matchup. Chiefs, of course, dropping that game against Baltimore last week. Chargers losing in very Chargers style to the Dallas Cowboys. No real significant injury situations here on either side to look at. I think this is just a straight-up matchup. And boy, is it ever tough to beat Kansas City in Kansas City. But I have to ask if this is the same Kansas City team. Yes, they're scoring 34 points a game. That offense is undeniable. But that defense is bad, man. They've been bad so far this year. They're giving up just about as many points as they score. And the one thing you can say about the Chargers, yes, they've struggled offensively, but that defense has been very good. I realize one of those games was against Washington, but they played Dallas last week. They kept Dallas to 20 points. Yes, they lost the game, but they still kept Dallas to 20 points. That is an achievement. I find it tough to conceptualize the Chiefs losing two games in a row. So I do think they kind of get right in this matchup. I just think I, I I need to see so much more, I think, from the Chargers offense to look at them and go, yo, that's a team that's capable of beating the Chiefs. They have to be an offensive-minded team like the Baltimore Ravens who can really move the football, who can really put up points when they need to. The, 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 sorry, the Chargers just don't strike me as that team. So we're going to take Kansas City here at home, especially, of course, where it's in Kansas City to beat the chargers on the line the chiefs are laying six and a half and i think i'm gonna hedge i think i'm gonna hedge here again because look the favorites are not hitting they're not covering was kansas city favored by last week four i thought that was a layup and i you could look at this and go like well there's no reliability in the chargers so maybe six and a half points is a layup too but just with the way the prevailing winds are blowing in the nfl so far this year I don't think I can lay those points I think I got to take them we're going to take the Chargers plus the six and a half total in the game 55 and a half points I do think this goes over I think the Chargers will look as good offensively in this game as they have all season and I just like the Chiefs to do a little bit better so we're going to go over the 55 and a half points in LA Kansas City let's go Chiefs 31 Chargers 30 as close as you can get Let's go to New England now. Patriots are going to play host to the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans kind of coming back down to earth after mopping the floor with Green Bay in week one. Patriots put on a strong defensive performance in their win last week, and again, it's the hallmark of Bill Belichick football teams, that sound defense where they're careful with the football. Yes, they had a critical fumble in week one. They did not have a repeat of that in week two. Patriots on the defensive side played incredibly well. think these two teams are exceptionally similar offensively as well as defensively new orleans has been a little more peak and valley of course with 38 points in week one followed up by only seven points in week two new england's been a little more consistent 16 and 25 both of these teams have shown a capability of keeping an opponent to single digit points so far this season This does come down to a matter of ball control for me. I think the Patriots are better at controlling the football, better at protecting the football. I'm going to lean against the fact that it is back-to-back road games for the Saints, and historically they do not travel as well as some other teams. they got to come up the coast. I think the Patriots get it done in this, in another defensive matchup. And again, we're leaning against the fact that they don't, for the Saints, have a guy like Marshawn Lattimore. So we're going to go with the Patriots here. Let's take New England at home to beat new orleans on the line patriots are only laying three points as the home favorite here i like them to win it's a relatively small price to pay where it's just the field goal so let's lay the three points on the patriots total in the game set at 43 it's a low 40 but i'm going to go under on it it's the defenses that drive the bus for both of these football teams right now so we're going to go under that admittedly low number under 43 points in new england new orleans let's take patriots 20 saints 13 let's go to new york now where the giants are going to play host to an atlanta falcons team that oh my god this team this might be the worst defense that i've seen in a long time in this league and that's saying something do you want to take a guess without actually without actually looking it up because that's cheating Do you want to take a guess at what the Falcons' average margin of defeat is so far this season? Remember, they've only played two games. Insert Jeopardy theme here. It's 25 points. They have given up 49 more points than they've scored after two games. And so far, it hasn't been injury-related. The defense just sucks. Now they're going up against a team in the New York Giants that is by no means an offensive powerhouse, but Daniel Jones and that offense have done some good things so far this year. And this is the game that you really earmark and you say, yo, they had the long week, unleash Saquon. This is the week I think where Saquon gets a full complement of snaps. And I think he is going to eat the Falcons alive in this game. If this is a three-touchdown game for Saquon, is anybody going to be shocked? Three on the ground? You know the Falcons can't stop it. This is going to be a good fantasy game for Devontae Booker. That's We'll put it that way. Devontae Booker is going to have himself a game. Let's take the Giants here without too much extra thought. The Falcons are officially in I-gotta-see-it territory. So we're going to take the Giants here at home to beat Atlanta. On the line, somehow, mystifyingly, the Giants are only laying three points as a home favorite. I'm on that all day. This is the probably second easiest lay of points that I'm going to have this week. Let's lay the three points on New York. Total of the game set at 48.5 points. I don't think either one of these defenses are particularly talented. Of course, I just spent, you know, two minutes railing on the Falcons for giving up 40 points a game. You look at the Giants there. I mean, they're giving up 29 Neither one of these defenses is all that good. So I think you could see some offensive fireworks on both sides. So we're going to go over the point total here, over 48 and a half points in Atlanta, New York. Let's go Giants 30, Falcons 23. And that is an offensive explosion given what the Falcons have done so far this year. So after about a 12 minute wait for my fridge to get out of its feelings, we move on to an AFC North matchup featuring the Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh coming in with injury concerns on both sides of the football that are luckily apparently not as intense as they were originally feared. Cincinnati comes in on the tail end of back-to-back road games. For the Steelers, we're talking about TJ Watt, obviously the linebacker that they just broke off for a ton of money. He injured his groin. He left early last week. It's considered not serious. He could very well play in this game against Cincinnati. We have to assume he would be limited. And offensively, it's Deontay Johnson at the wide receiver position. Same deal. A not serious knee injury, which happened in absolute garbage time. I don't know why he was even on the field at that point not considered serious. He could play this week as well. It's not unreasonable to consider both of them somewhat limited. We'll have to watch the practice reports this week. While I haven't been crazy impressed with either one of these teams on the offensive side of the ball, yes, Cincinnati did score 27 points in week one to beat Minnesota, but on average, the two teams are relatively similar. I have been impressed with Cincinnati defensively, at the very least, keeping the points off the board for the other guys. They've only given up 44 points in two games, which for them is a marked significant improvement, and it's pretty competitive with a Pittsburgh team that's given up 42. I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Cincinnati is the better defensive team, but boy, if you've got a limited uh, TJ Watt This defensive front for Pittsburgh does not look as good as it did one year ago, certainly. And if he's limited at all or if if he doesn't play, that's a major, major hit when a lot of Pittsburgh's defensive success is predicated on pressuring the quarterback. They're not getting the same kind of pressure this year that they did last year. I actually kind of like the Bengals here. I don't know if that's me being crazy or me overvaluing the potential significance of those injuries that may wind up being nothing. Boy, I kind of like Cincinnati in this one. I think that's the way I'm going to go. This is an upset for sure, but I like the Bengals here on the road in Pittsburgh to beat the Steelers, and maybe I'm leaning too heavy. On the back-to-back road trend that was obviously really strong in week one, they went three and one straight up and covered all four games against the spread, but I think that's the way I'm going to lean here. Let's go Cincinnati to beat Pittsburgh. On the line, Bengals are taking four and a half points. Obviously, Pittsburgh laying four and a half as a home favorite. I'm going to take Cincinnati to win outright, so I'm happy to take the four and a half points. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. I just don't think either one of these teams are offensive juggernauts. I think this comes down to probably a field goal kick at the end of the game. I think this stays under, not a huge under, but I do think it stays under. Let's go under 44 and a half points in Cincinnati Pittsburgh. Let's go Bengals 21, Steelers 18, a big division win early in the year for Cincinnati. Let's go to Los Angeles now for one of the few firsts that must be left in Tom Brady's career. His first game playing in Los Angeles, Rams are going to play host to the defending champs the Tampa Bay Bucks, off to a 2-0 start this season the Rams are going to have to do this though without their now starting running back potentially that's Daryl Henderson has an injury to his rib cartilage uh, he might play but his status is very much considered to be uncertain at this point so it's a good thing that they traded for a guy like Sony Michelle. I don't think Sony Michelle is as good as Daryl Henderson, so that is the Rams taking a hit on the running side of things. Now, granted, the Bucks' run defense is all world. I mean, they are one of the best, if not the best, run defenses in all of football right now. So, uh, a bad situation getting worse certainly does not help. It's going to put a lot on the shoulders of that obviously high flying passing offense for the rams i'm not going to discount the possibility that a team like the rams scoring 31 points a game only giving up 19 so far this year they could pull this as an upset and a fairly significant one this bucks defense has given up some points here in the first couple of weeks 27 on average but my god they're scoring 40 i mean it's you just can't Right now, until I see it, I don't think you can mess with it. I'm going to have to lean Tampa in this one. This is a tight game, obviously, on the uh, on the scorecards and against the spread. I think I just got to take Tampa here until I see Tampa falter. So let's take the Bucks to win. On the line, the Rams are actually home favorites here. They're laying a single point right now at home against Tampa. I'm happy to take that point with the Bucks since I'm going to be taking them to win outright. Total in the game set at 55, and this one I did have to kind of go back and forth on a little bit, but these two teams, despite the fact that the Rams are only giving up like 19 points a game, these two teams in both of their games so far this year have gone over, so they are combined 4-0 and 0 to the over, we're going to go over on the points. Even though it's 55, it's one of the highest point totals of the week, let's go over 55 points. In Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, let's go Bucks 31, Rams 27. And let me tell you, this could be an NFC title game preview. Let's go to Minnesota now, where the Vikings are gonna play host to the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, obviously, with a disappointing loss at home their home opener against Tennessee a game that I certainly thought that they should win and they just kind of almost played themselves out of now that's not to take anything away from Tennessee they made the comeback they won the game but boy you would have expected Seattle to hold on there this team's got defensive problems and speaking of defensive problems they're playing the Vikings These two offenses are relatively similar, and I'm going to talk mostly about the offenses because that, I think, is what is going to define this game. I don't expect either one of these defenses to put up a ton of resistance. We'll put it that way. But uh, in terms of the offense, I think Minnesota this season has shown a slightly higher ceiling, but I think Seattle is the more consistent of the two offenses. If you need a play, I think Russell Wilson is going to get you that play. Kirk Cousins might even and I've been a defender of Kirk Cousins early in this season so much so that I even tweeted y'all know Kirk Cousins is going to the Hall of Fame right because I genuinely believe that he is so in a matchup of future Hall of Fame quarterbacks as far as I'm concerned I am going to take Russell Wilson I am going to take the Seattle Seahawks here in hopefully a get right spot for their offense and maybe even for their defense let's go Seattle to beat Minnesota. On the line, Seattle's laying a single point as a road favorite. I like them to win. It's basically the smallest price to pay. So let's lay the single point on Seattle. Total in the game set at 55 and a half points. And this is the largest total of the week, along with the Chargers and the Chiefs. But the two teams have only hit one under so far this year. So we're going to go over on this. I expect the offenses to fly this week in this game. Let's go over 55 and a half points in Minnesota Seattle. Let's go Seahawks 31, Vikings 28. Let's go to San Francisco now, a rematch of the NFC Championship game from two years ago, the 49ers playing host to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, of course, coming in off the short week, having played the Lions and beat the Lions relatively soundly last night. Hopefully that means that everything is back on track. What worries me in a game like this, and I understand that the Niners have now had like, God, the running back injuries is like, they saw what happened to Baltimore and they said, hold my beer. They like injured three running backs in the same game. Like Trey Sermon was out. Elijah Mitchell got hurt. Jamichael Hasty got hurt. And I realized that San Francisco has been somewhat inconsistent to start the season. What worries me about Green Bay is that their defense only really turned the corner last night once the game script had flipped positive because of the offense. Like, in that first half, Green Bay's defense didn't look like anything special to me. But once the game script was positive, then all of a sudden, oh, the secondary's playing really well. Oh, Eric Stokes is out there making plays in the secondary as a rookie. Which, by the way, Eric Stokes might be a ball player. He looked pretty good last night. He made at least two really strong defensive plays. One that, like, saved a touchdown. So, like, he he had a good game. But the defense as a whole really only started playing like the defense I kind of expected them to be once the game script was positive if this game starts with a negative game script I don't necessarily know that Green Bay can turn it around against this team like they could against a team like Detroit does that make sense and I think when you're looking at a Niners team who yeah they haven't exactly shown a ton of consistency so far this season but they're still scoring 29 points a game I think when you look at the potential to get into a negative game script, I think it is very much there against this Niners team, no matter who is behind uh, behind the offensive line there at running back, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, probably not going to be Trey Sermon, but it might be Elijah Mitchell, it might be Jamichael Hasty. who knows who it might be. It, it sucks to pick against your team, it's never fun, but I'm going to take the Niners at home to beat Green Bay. On the line, the Niners are laying three and a half points as home favorites. I'm going to go ahead and lay that as well. I think this could potentially be a double-digit game, and I think the Niners' defense is playing strong to start the season. So I don't think uh, Green Bay is going to be able to cut a swath through that defense like they were able to in the second half against Detroit last night. So let's take the Niners and let's lay the points, the minus three and a half. Total of the game set at 47 and a half points. These two teams are even money on the total so far this year. I think I'm going to lean under on it because I'm leaning on the Niners defense to probably win this game for them. So let's go under 47 and a half points in San Francisco Green Bay. Let's go Niners 27 packers 17 and the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week three is the monday night football matchup between the dallas cowboys and the philadelphia eagles Philly may be starting the season as one of those Jekyll and Hyde football teams who looked real good in the first week and not overly great in the second week, dropping a 17-11 to 11 decision. That being said, their defense is on fire. They've only given up 23 points so far this year, so points have been difficult to come by with this Eagles team. However, points have also been difficult to come by offensively with this Eagles team. The 32 points in the opener, only 11 points last week. Dallas has been pretty even keel. The offense has moved. Defense had a poor performance in week one. They kind of bounced back with a decent performance last week, picking up that 20-17 to 17 win against the Chargers. It took a last-second kick, but they got the job done. What has really impressed me about the Cowboys, they currently lead the league in terms of their turnover ratio. Their turnover ratio is 3-1 to to start the season. They've generated six turnovers on the defensive side. They've given up a couple on their own on the offense, but the defense is humming. They are generating turnovers, and if that can happen once or even twice in this game, even though I think Philly might be the better team top to bottom... I think the the ceiling for the Dallas Cowboys is significantly higher than is there for Philadelphia. I'm going to take the boys in this matchup. It is, uh, it is not an underdog play, but I don't, again, I genuinely don't know which one of these two teams is better. But I'm going to take the boys here at home. Let's take Dallas to beat Philly. On the line, Dallas laying four points as a home favorite. That's just too many for me in a division matchup that could literally go either way. Feels like it stands on the edge of a knife. So let's take those four points with the Eagles and hedge our bets with Dallas. Total in the game is set at 51 and a half points. These two teams have only hit one over so far this year. So let's lean on the underside of things once again, back to back games. Now we're going to go under 51 and a half points in Philadelphia, Dallas. Let's go Cowboys 27, Eagles 24 which by the way it's going to make for a hell of a game on monday night football i'm looking forward to that okay folks here we go platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week three of the 2021 nfl season we will start at the bottom with the bronze pick 2-0 straight up 2-0 against the spread and even money on the totals sees the denver broncos at home playing host to the lowly new york jets still the lowly new york jets Zach Wilson, a very rough start to that young man's NFL career. Injuries play a role, but oh boy, he is making some poor decisions with the football. And quite frankly, if you make poor decisions with the football against this Denver Broncos defense, they will spank you for it. They are scoring points with Teddy Bridgewater. The defense is on fire, only giving up 13 points points per game now they do have to be concerned with the an injury in the linebacker core it's josie jewel he tore his pec unfortunately he is done for the season is josie jewel so that is a hit to the broncos defensively i don't think that's going to be nearly enough for uh the jets to come up and and pick up the win here so we're definitely leaning real heavy on the denver broncos here to pick up the win in week three let's take denver at home to beat the jets on the line denver's laying 11 and a half points this line is disgusting and i'm taking it i'm actually going to lay those points i'm going to lay them on denver what are the new york jets i'll tell you what the new york jets are they're probably the team in the nfl along with ironically enough the team that picked ahead of them in the draft the jacksonville jaguars who control the ball the worst in terms of turnovers versus what they generate turnover wise on defense and if the Jets are not generating turnovers the Jets are not beating people they're just just I just don't see how it's going to happen so I'm going to lay those 11 and a half points it's a tough line to lay but it doesn't strike me as unreasonable total in the game set at 41 no thought needs to be put into this I don't know if the Jets are going to score so let's go under 41 points in Denver New York Broncos straight up We're hammering the Broncos minus 11 and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 41 points. That is the bronze pick. Let's go Broncos 23 Jets. Let's give them a field goal. Let's go three. My silver pick where I'm 2-0 straight up, 2-0 against the spread and even money on the totals sees the Buffalo Bills at home playing host to the Washington football team. This is obviously a Washington team that gets the benefit of the long week having played on Thursday night. Bills are coming off of a definitive division 35-0 shutout over the Miami Dolphins. A crazy, crazy performance on both sides of the football for the Buffalo Bills, looking like the legitimate Super Bowl contenders that I think most people expected them to be and may have been questioning after that week one loss against Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, Washington, I can't say that I expected to sit here even after the first two weeks and say that, uh, oh yeah, Washington's defense is allowing more points than their offense is scoring. Now, Washington did find a way to win that Thursday night game. They won it 30-29, to not the score you would have expected between those two teams, but they only scored 16 points in the first week. I don't know that this defense is as good as I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's too early to say that, but you see leaky holes in this defense that you did not expect to see heading into the season. I think of any other team in the NFL, the Washington football team is like the definition of a middling team. How's their offense? It's okay. How's the defense? It's okay. Whereas Buffalo, I would say, is exceptional on the offensive side and playing very well defensively as well. I think this is a great spot for the Buffalo Bills. We're gonna go ahead and grab Buffalo at home to beat Washington. On the line, Buffalo's laying nine points at home. This is just too many points for me, I think. I think this game is closer than that. We're going to take the nine points on Washington because that defense is certainly capable and could throw up a virtuoso performance. So let's take the nine points with Washington. Total in the game set at 46. It's a middling 40, but these two teams have only hit one over so far this year. So let's go ahead and take the under on that one. Under 46 points in Washington Buffalo. We're going to go Bills straight up, but we're going to hedge our bets by taking Washington with the plus nine points in a game that stays under 46. That is the silver pick. Let's go Bills 24, football team 21. My gold pick where I'm 2-0 straight up, 2-0 against the spread, and even money on the totals sees a team that I never would have thought would ever be this high in my picks Let's go to Vegas, baby, the Las Vegas Raiders, inarguably one of the most impressive teams in the early going in this season, playing host to a Miami Dolphins team that has certainly been less than impressive, certainly last week, and who is dealing with a significant injury, potentially at the quarterback position, that being, of course, Tua Tagovailoa two is dealing with a rib injury he had to be carted off the field last week in that game so he's day-to-day he could play but I don't know if they're going to risk it genuinely I do not know if they are going to risk that on relatively short notice with the guy that is their franchise quarterback at least for right now two is the franchise so do you run him out there a couple of days after suffering a rib injury and potentially risk it getting worse? Because again, you know with Tua, he's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to take a couple of hits. He's going to try to run. He's going to take a couple more hits. I don't know if you risk that with your franchise guy. They may look at a team that's only scoring nine points per game through the first two weeks and say, "Uh, yeah, we need our franchise quarterback out there. But I again, I just, I just don't see how it makes sense. Meanwhile, again, let's, let's just do an exercise here. Put yourself in a preseason mindset. I'm going to say there's a team that has scored 30 points per game in the first two weeks. And there's a team that has only allowed 22 points per game in their first two weeks. One of those teams is the Las Vegas Raiders. Which one of those two would you have picked? Do, do, do. Certainly the offensive side. You could see this Raiders team being able to score 30 points a game for a couple of games. Defensively, this Raiders team looks really good, significantly better than I have seen them look maybe ever. And when you're playing really good on both sides of the ball and you're taking on a team that can't really score any points, That's how you wind up in the gold pick. Let's take the Raiders here at home, of course, which is also significant, at home to beat the Dolphins. On the line, the Raiders were only laying four points. This was the easiest lay of the week for me. Lay those four points on the Raiders. Don't think twice about it. Of course, the last time I told you to do that, it was the Chiefs last week, and uh, sorry. Total in the game here is set at 45 and a half points. I have to go under on it because I don't know what I'm getting from Miami. I don't know if I'm getting more than single digits from Miami. In fact, I don't think I am. So we're going to have to stick under on this number. It's so middling. It's not a good under, but I think I'm going to have to take it. Let's go under 45 and a half points in Raiders Dolphins. Raiders straight up and we are hammering the Raiders minus four against the spread in a game that stays under 45 and a half points. That is the gold pick. Let's go Raiders 31 Dolphins. Let's go eight. Let's give them a touchdown and a two point conversion. And the platinum pick, one and one straight up, 0 and two against the spread. So we're looking for our first ATS win in that pick so far this year and even money on the totals sees the jacksonville jaguars at home taking on the arizona cardinals and what else can you say about this matchup other than the jags uh immediately like drop the football the second they get their hands on it they're one of the worst ball control teams in the league arizona came back impressive win last week in an offensive shootout Their offense is humming along. Kyler Murray looks incredible. They've made guys like Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk fantasy relevant again. This is going to be a blowout, I think. This is legitimately like a 20-point game to me. So let's take Arizona and not talk too much more about it. Cards on the road in Jacksonville beat the Jags. On the line, the Jags are getting seven and a half points as a home dog, but it's under double digits. I think the game ends by 20, so I'm laying the seven and a half points on Arizona. Total in the game set at 52. This was actually the toughest, one of the toughest, if not the toughest total for me this week. The two teams are even money so far in the year, two and two, and I think this is like right around where I had originally thought this point total was going to land. I think I'm going to stick under on it because look, Arizona, not only is their offense playing incredibly well, the defense is playing pretty darn good too. Cards are only giving up 23 points a game on the defensive side. You got the Jags who are only scoring 17 a game on average. I think we got to stick under on this one. Let's go under 52 points in Jacksonville, Arizona cards straight up we're hammering the cards minus seven and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 52 points that is the platinum pick there you have them folks the picks are in for week three 2021 nfl season it is time now of course for the patented comment of the week the comment of the week from the week two episode is going to go to dana elmore who i think is like a relatively new viewer on my channel. Uh, I think they've, yeah, they've only they've had a couple of comments on the channel, but they've all come from this season. And Dana's comment, quite frankly, was watch out for that Tennessee Seattle game. Everything is not what it seems. And then the emoji of the two eyes looking to the left. I had asked them to elaborate, they did not do so, and wouldn't you know who won the pony, that game goes to overtime, and Seattle finds a way to lose that game. So Dana, a little bit of clairvoyance on your part potentially, you are rewarded with the comment of the week from the week two episode week three show is in the books folks thank you so much for taking the time once again to listen i think this episode is going to be a little bit longer than last weeks uh even after i cut the breaks and stuff out of it i think it'll be a little bit longer but again i am endeavoring to make these shows shorter that work continues as the season goes along thank you so much for watching and listening that's it for me justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter fueled as always by the incredible folks at Tees, Best of luck in your fantasy football matchups. Hopefully you've started the season better than I have. We will see you again in week four. Enjoy the games, folks. See you next week.